Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Looks like the fog has lifted. The marine layers keeps talking about it. Looks like it's lifted here. It's a bright morning here in New York City. A bright future for Deshaun Watson, for Dak Prescott. No matter how it all ends, Russell Wilson. But there is a guy whose future was sort of hanging in the balance, and suddenly we're having a little bit of revisionist history. Was it really? You were saying it, but there were a lot of people that looked at Cam Newton's record. Listening to them. Looked at the stats. Don't listen to them, Zubin, but go ahead. Every once in a while, you'd look at some of the video and be, some of those throws. Well, I still right? look at some of the throws <laughs> at, at times from him and other quarterbacks around the league. There were some other factors that kind of went into this, but go ahead, Zubin, set it up. No, indeed. Obviously, you have no offseason, no OTAs, no minicamp. He had the coronavirus. The team had the most players opt out. He signed an incentive-laden deal. He didn't even sign it until June. Got there in July. No preseason. And there's a million things going on with Cam Newton, and they still finished 7-9. and nine. But now, Key, word is creeping out, something that you have sort of said, that if um, you don't hear it from Bill Belichick, don't really take it for what it's worth. And everybody was saying, Cam, one-year deal out. And now some of the news is sort of creeping back. Go ahead. I was going to say, before Key tells us, I told you so, which is... <laughs> no, uh, I didn't know. I know, but I, I, that's what you're alluding to, and I get it. Pat yourself on the back. You were right. It, it does... I always feel like Bill Belichick is really smart, though, Key. I wouldn't say anything to break down my quarterback because I always want to keep him as an option in case maybe a guy like, I can't get Jimmy Garoppolo, right? There are opportunities. So if John Lynch comes out and says, hey, Jimmy G is our guy, and all of a sudden we're not moving him and we're not getting any other guy, like, hey, Cam is always there because he's serviceable. I'm not sure Cam was their first option, but he was an option. I I don't know that Jimmy G is an option at all, to be honest with you. What, 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 what's so impressive about Jimmy G? And remember what Lynch did say last week. It's just posturing, but he fully expects him back. Yeah, fu- I fully expect him back. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Rodgers comes available. Right. I mean, like, it's... <laughs> predicated it's, it on the health, obviously. Yeah, and, and so when you, when you look at these things, it's not... It, Bill Belichick didn't say he wants Cam Newton back. It's just things are pointing in the direction that yep. Cam Newton could potentially be back to the New England Patriots. It's conversations that others have had now all of a sudden there's this talk so much it's it's a weird deal in in sports because when you are polarizing people root against you they root against you and the fact that he was an easy target this year because his play did not live up to what you would think you would have gotten out of a healthy cam newton for a number of reasons whether it was getting there, learning the playbook, having COVID. I I just know what I saw in Seattle. I know what I saw against the Buffalo Bills. I know football. I I don't need people to tell me he threw an interception or he only had eight touchdowns to ten interceptions. Okay, so what? What does that mean? If he had 40 touchdowns and ten interceptions, what would you say then? Right? (laughs) Right? But the eight touchdowns is not a deterrent to not wanting to sign him. Mm. It has something to do with their offense. They decided that they were not going to take the chances to throw the football all over the lot because of the lack of weaponry, the offensive line. When, when you Like you said, Zubin, I watch some of the highlights, and I just go, ooh. Ugh. Guy drops back, hit his back foot, and somebody hits him in the head. Like, that's not on Cam Newton. He doesn't have the time. Or maybe when he gets the time, he dribbles the ball at somebody's feet. Okay. He owns that. He takes that. You get better with that. Jacoby Myers is their best wide receiver. Says a lot. Like, come on, man. Like, be honest with ourselves and be real. 
this is why this is starting to seep out again, Jay, about Belichick having this kind of love fest for Cam Newton because they see what others don't see. As this whole thing's panning out, the only thing that goes back to my mind, Kia, is like, man, Bill Belichick, I'm sure internally, you know, he probably won't say this externally, but I'm sure he's pissed off <laughs> with the way things have happened this year, right? Regardless of whether it fuels you not, uh, Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl, but still, I think it's not about Tom winning a Super Bowl, it's more about where his team is and where he can get his team, right? So you have that. You have Cam Newton. Oh, people want to kill me? You want to fillet me? Okay, if he comes back, man, like that, it seems... I, that, that's a scary team with those two if they both have their backs against the wall and they're both playing with piss and vinegar. You know what I mean? You think about it, though, Jay. He threw some bad balls throughout the year. No question about it. But they were dropping balls out there, too. I mean, his completion percentage should be well at, at 68. I think it's 66. Mm -hmm. It should be about 68% completion percentage. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, they need Chris Hogan back from lacrosse. No, I'm kidding. Here's one thing we should mention, though. This is Cam Newton talking about, as Jay said, you know, the relationship with Bill Belichick. You never want to make sure your quarterback's in an uncomfortable spot. But I don't think they need to worry about it because Cam seems to have the utmost respect for Bill. Remember, obviously, could be back together. This is Cam on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and Chad Johnson, three former NFL players. Last week, it dropped. It got a lot of attention. This is what Cam said about his head coach. I think Bill Belichick is the most misunderstood person in all of hundred percent. A thousand percent. He dope. Yeah. He dope. Like, he is a cool dude. Yeah. He understands the game. He's like an historian of the game. And for you to just sit down and chat with him, like, it's like, damn, like, he's going back and he's got film. Like, literally teaching the game. Like, what's his, right, what's his right hand man name? Ernie. Ernie. Earned all. Hey. Earned all. Man, he's a, he's a, 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 a genius. That seems like an astute mm. student that wants to go back at the knee of the teacher one more time. Man, it's, it's real talk, though. Bill Belichick is, is a student of the game, obviously, clearly by his record alone in his Super Bowl victory. And I tell the story all the time when we talk about Bill. I was in our two-minute defense um, when I was with the Jets with him, and every single day of the week, four days a week before the game, when we were done with our offense or defensive meetings, he would come and get me, and we would sit down for about an hour, probably an hour, 15 minutes, going over the opponent's last several plays of a game. I'm talking about film from like, from like six years before I even started playing football in the pros. Mm. We would go over it. This is the formation key. This is what they did at Boston College when he was coaching at Boston College. Look at this key. I'm sitting there going, okay, it's only four plays, man. What the hell do I need to keep sitting? And he was serious about it. If the quarterback does this five steps back and he rolls to the right, he's throwing back across this way, and you need to be in position over here. I mean, just attention to detail. Is it over, over it, micromanaging? No, though? I got no. an interception. Okay, okay. Listening to him. But you know, I sometimes people can talk to I you so much a, that you get confused. I got an interception in my career listening to him. Exactly what he said was going to happen. Mark Brunel rolled out and threw the ball, and I got the pick. Mm. Exactly what he said was going to happen. So I get where Cam is coming from. I totally get it. What are the expectations if everything is there? It's standard. He gets all the offseason prep. He's ready to go. He, he gets better weapons. They draft well. Now what are the expectations? Much better because they also have an understanding of who he is, mm. his strengths and weaknesses. They get... Uh, Patrick Chung back. They'll get High Tower back. I mean, they get people back 
They got money to spend. They got some draft capital. Scary. It, it'll be a much better. It'll be a better. It'll be a better team and a different team. I would say they were a fumble away from beating the Bills. Remember? Yeah. If, I mean, if, they, they, if if Cam puts that ball in his left arm instead of his right, and the guy didn't come and punch it. Now we may be having a different conversation. Yep. There's no doubt. Then you give the Seattle win. You flip those two. You're still nine and seven. You needed eleven to get into the playoffs. But how much rosier I'm sure does the we forecast could, I'm sure look? we could find two more if we really dive into it. Yeah. And how much rosier does the forecast look? Whether they make the playoffs or not, if they finish nine and seven in a year with a ton of adversity. If he plays in Kansas City instead of the other two quarterbacks against the Chiefs, right? What does that look mm-hmm. like? I mean, you can find a couple more victories if you really wanted to. But again, he's a polarizing figure. So the first thing people want to do is dump on him, call him trash like the little kid was doing <laughs> out at the camp the other day. And that, that's what happens. That's how people are, man. We'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting. But you're a trash, reunion yeah. could be <laughs> nearing. A reminder, when you give to your ESPN Plus, you're given thousands of live events, exclusive originals, and the full 30 for 30 library and more. Surprise the sports fan in your life of the year of ESPN+. Come here, little Plus. kid. Visit ESPN+. <laughs> Plus. Haven't your mama taught you something better than that? Slash gift to year. No sorry, bias. sorry. No We're not about violence on the show. <laughs> for more details, let's get into a little more NBA conversation. LeBron with two. Let's it fly. And hits at the buzzer. 73 first half points. A season high for the Lakers. The Lakers will improve to 24 and 11, second best record in the Western Conference. Today was a good start for us, and uh, the best thing about it, we kept it all through four quarters. You know, MVP is a numbers discussion, but sometimes there's the intangibles, like holding your team together when they most need you. LeBron is certainly filling up the cup in that regard. Jay, last night, they're up against uh, the Warriors by 20. And I know this is not vintage Warriors, but the Warriors had clipped them the last time, up 20 after 129 at the half. Oh, and they Warriors are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. So. And they roll to one of their easiest wins of the season. LeBron making his MVP case. Keep puffing out his chest literally and figuratively with the Lakers. Logo, he's in the MVP chase, but so are some other people you may not be thinking about. Yeah, we got guys like James Harden. He's in that, he's in that conversation. I think he's right there. And you know what? It's interesting. I, I really want to see them. I, I hate that the MVP is a regular season award. I really do. We don't value the regular season. If anything, we use the regular season award against you. That's what we've done for the past two years versus Giannis. I really wish at the end of it all, especially with the, a truncated season this year, Save the MVP until after the NBA Finals are over. Tell me, like, I want to see if you get your team to that point, regardless of whether you win or lose, I, I want the complete package to determine who the MVP is this season, Zubin. And part of the reason I think that's interesting is because this is a year where we're having all sorts of change, right? We're having an all-star break people don't really want to have. We're having a different all-star break than we've seen. We're going to play games through Thursday and then pick up the next Wednesday. We have a 72-game season. We're adjusting on the fly. So why not? In a league that's sort of adjusting and seeing should we do this, correcting mid-course, what's the big deal in terms of doing something that I think a lot of people are on board with? Make sure your best players are benefiting from coming up biggest in the biggest of moments. Yeah, because you're not... I've never seen anybody... Maybe there's some history that says different, but I've never seen a guy win the MVP that team is not a top seed in the playoffs. In the NBA, especially. In In other sports, you can see it. Yeah, but I don't, like... You got to be at least a fourth and up, right? You got to be a fourth seed and up to get the MVP. You would think so. I mean, it just... So you might as well run it through the playoffs. Yeah, Alan just jumped in my ear. Part of one of our producers said Westbrook got the the MVP as a six seed. So, 
But he went nuts. But he went nuts with triple doubles and things of that sort. Yeah, for sure. You had to give him the MVP then. Season-long triple doubles. I just, I, you know, we always get like, oh, you have to have a finals MVP. I'm like, no, just give me one damn MVP. Well, no, you give a finals MVP. You can have MVP. a finals MVP and still yeah, have an MVP at the end of the year. Yeah, give a finals MVP because somebody might have a miracle uh, finals, but then that particular person that's having a great regular season carries it into the postseason and get bounced, and then, you know. That's what I'm saying. I just hate when it's like, hey, okay, if you're the MVP during a regular season, but then your team gets bounced in the first round, like, no, that's the entire body of work should be presumptive of who the MVP is. So if you can't get your team out of the first round, that's going to go against you as it relates to an MVP award, in my Yeah, opinion. but then if you get them out of the first round, for instance, and you don't win the championship, but you play in the championship, you still can, you can win still the win MVP, MVP, and then yeah. somebody can win the the, uh, the finals MVP. You see it in all other sports. I believe Robert Griffin III won the Heisman on a four-loss team. Andre Dawson was like the NL MVP when the Cubs were like nearly in last place. But you're right. Damn, in the Baylor end. lost four games that year? Yeah, that year with mm. RG3, yeah. Wow. But but it just goes wow. to show you. No, I thought the, they I, I thought they the way it, they were talking, <laughs> I thought they were undefeated, man. <laughs> we had the Superman socks on and all that. So you remember yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah, I remember all that. But I think for the NBA, it does make it a little bit different. And you guys have always said that if you don't come through in the biggest of all, like, what do we look at with Eli? It's like, well, he had a great regular season record, but a two-time Super Bowl winner, so we give him all that shine because he came up in the biggest moments. So why not include that when you're making it a cumulative 500 record? Well, it's the same thing about right? the Patriots that year, right? It's like, oh, well, they're undefeated, but they didn't close the deal. Like, I want to see somebody close the deal or at least get close. Yeah, I mean, that was a 16-0 and team looking to make NFL history. So that's unique to the NBA. Let's bring in Jalen Rose, ESPN NBA Legend. analyst and host. Yes, he was late. Weekday afternoons, Jalen and Jacoby as well. He TV got about show. 10 jobs. He talked about me having <laughs> right. 15 last night. TV show, podcast, <laughs> and uh, obviously uh, on the NBA with Jay and company. So, uh, Jalen, good morning. Uh, Jay made a very interesting case for James Harden being the MVP this season. There's no lack of candidates who obviously deserve the honor. Who's number one on your ballot for the moment here? Good morning, gentlemen. Congratulations on the new show. Y'all crushing it. I check it out as much as I can. Here's what I have to say about the MVP, and I know that uh, we're a national television show, and so uh, we got to, you know, get the big storyline. But sometimes it's like, man, somebody asking me about MVP before I even pick the all-star reserves. And it's like, it kind of throws me off a little bit. And so here's how I feel about this season's MVP and James Harden. When KD and Kyrie comes back in the second half of the season, Everything that people are saying about James Harden's MVP candidacy and being a frontrunner may be validated. As a voter, I cannot ignore that he played nine basketball games in Houston. Y'all do know that that's like 15, 20% of the season. The regular season does matter. When he first got to the Nets, they had the all-time worst defense in the history of the league before they got it together. I sat courtside and watched them lose to the Detroit Pistons. I was covering the game, you was too, Jay Will, mm -hmm. when they just lost to the Mavs. So again, James Harden, I love the way he's reinvented his game. He's a fantastic player. I'm a huge fan. I voted for him to be MVP before. But you can't ignore the journey. How can he leapfrog a player like Kawhi Leonard, who's been doing it all year? on both ends of the floor, and James is not a defender, by the way, or Joel Embiid, LeBron James. If you want to just go by stats, you can look at the Joker, Luka, and James Harden. They basically have the same stats. 
But I can't say James, to me, when I'm watching League Pass, has been more valuable than Dame Lillard or even Steph Curry when I'm watching games so far whoa, this year. Whoa, whoa, J-Rose, you gave me like seven names right there. You gave me, are, are those like seven I names? Did, are sir. all seven of those names ahead of James Harden in your MVP voting right now? I'm saying that in 30-plus games played this year, LeBron James has played like 36 overall games. James Harden has played like 24. And nine of them were in Houston. So, no, I take that back. He played like 20 games with the Nets. But my point still stands. The body of work of all of the individuals that I named since training camp, are we going to ignore what happened? To you? Did you remember when James showed up at training camp, right, Jay? Honey you remember buns, when he was yeah, at a little baby's yeah, party? Yeah. Like, the season, the season had started. The season had started. The other people that I'm talking about was playing. And I just heard you guys debate. And that's why I like regular season awards. And then I like a postseason award. Because if you only give a postseason award, the champion, the best player on the championship team, is going to win finals MVP every year. And you can't have that. But, Jay, can't you have a finals MVP and then after the season is over, after you have the entire season, uh, the full body of work, then can't you make an assessment of who your NBA MVP is of the entire season? Said a lot of, lot of all of you of guys know this. NBA MVP. You can't. Ig- you guys can't ignore this. They're just different phases to the season. There's the preseason, the regular season, and the postseason. And we're gonna judge each player as such. You can't ignore. You, if you take away a regular season award, you get. You don't give players incentive to go out and show up every game to put on the show for the fans, other than their check. Russell Westbrook did win MVP as a sixth seed. As a sixth seed. Yeah, but he was Jay, just playing but, 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 so outstanding and averaging Rose. a triple-double. But Jay Rose, though, that was historical, though, right? We hadn't seen well, – none of us in our lifetime ever seen it because we were not around with Oscar Robinson, Big O, and we was like Facts. puppies if, they, if that. So, of course he won it then. I mean, he had to win it. But here's why I have an issue with the regular season MVP versus going into the postseason. Because typically, dudes that win the MVP, they teams are fighting hard to win a world championship. So why not just let it run its course and into the playoffs? Because it's two separate seasons. Like, how many times, Key, have you said, this guy plays really good in the regular season, but he's vastly different in the postseason? That happens all of the time. So you still... You still, have to re- you still have to reward the regular season, though. The regular season deserves awards. The postseason has awards. You know what they are? Finals MVP and championship. Those are the rewards. Jay, let me ask you this. I keep saying Jay because I – Jay, not Jay Will, but Jay Rose. <laughs> um, if Kawhi – not Kawhi. If KD doesn't play for some reason in and out of the lineup, come the postseason. Same thing with Anthony Davis in and out of the lineup. Can the Lakers or the Nets win the world championship with those two big guns not Second round exits. Second round exits. Both situations. Second round exits. As much as we love and Kyrie is dynamic. Like, 
I've been calling him Kyverson. I sit back and watch, them, <laughs> watch those games, eat popcorn. This dude got jumping off both legs, finishing with both hands, showing up with his verb stick, burning sage. Like, I, I'm actually a Kyrie fan. Um, and James Harden is, is terrific at setting the table and being a triple-double threat. But we know who make that thing go. We know who the big dog in the yard is. That's KD. We all know why everybody's there. And so if he's not available to play up front, they're already thin up front. So you ain't going against the Bucks and Giannis, the Sixers and Joel Embiid without that physicality up front. It's just You're just not going to have the size and the versatility because KD now opposes that with his vast a, a range of skills, being able to score from all facets of the floor. Jay Rose, we'll have until the month of July to talk about the NBA, but today it's March 1st, baby. My team barely, barely trying to make it, the Duke Blue Devils, but your team battle-tested, running through people in the Big Ten. Yeah, they how good is this Michigan basketball team, and how good does it feel for you guys, part of the Fab Five, the crew that put this Michigan team on the map to begin with, to see your brother, Juwan Howard, achieving the ultimate level of success? So, um, I believe this was last season, and Jawan had just got the job. And uh, no shots at uh, Purdue, or, or, or I think his name was Robbie Himmel. And he, because he had a terrific career at Purdue. And I got a chance to play against the big dog, who was that dude. And I was watching him get his number retired, Jay. And I was like, wait a minute. Michigan still ain't retired none of our numbers? And then I thought about something. I'd rather have Jawan leading the program than anything else. That, to me, is like the biggest validation of what the Fab Five was able to establish at the University of Michigan. You and I sat on Get Up and did this argument. John Beeline, fantastic coach at U of M. You see his players sprinkled throughout the NBA, Karis LeVert, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke. Like, he did a terrific job at Michigan. But when we talked about the players that were being recruited, what you and I specifically said as former McDonald's All-American, you know that that's a different class of player when you're in that living room. Mm -hmm. And when we were working the McDonald's All-American game for years, Jay, all of those top players, none of them were considering Michigan. I did not make this up. You and I talked about this for years. And so I was happy that John Beeline got his parachute package, got his big check for the Cavs, because he deserved for putting our squad on the map. I'm forever grateful for him work, welcoming us back to campus. But what Juwan doing is next level, because he has the player experience and he has the coaching experience. So now when he comes into your locker room, when he comes into your living room, it sounds different to the player. It sounds different to the family. And he did something that Michigan doesn't always do. Get recruit, get, get transfers. Our point guard Smith, he's a transfer, leading the Big Ten in assists. We have a couple of upperclassmen. Livers been doing a terrific job adjusting his role. Wagner's gonna be a pro, a, a really good slasher. Brown was a transfer. I like our big fella Dickinson down low to get us buckets as a young fella. So we can play multiple styles, half court, full court, win with the three, win with the D. I do believe we have a legit chance to win it all. But I ain't sleeping on the other top teams out there, including Baylor and Gonzaga. And Ohio State, I know they've been struggling lately, but there's some really good teams. But I would not be surprised if we're in the Final Four. Hey, Jay, you think with this great success that he's having right now, 
and I know he interviewed for NBA jobs prior to taking the Michigan job. Is that going to come back around full circle sooner rather than later? <laughs> hey, Key, they're going to have to get that checkbook out. You, you know how this works. He interviewed for the Lakers job in the league before he took the Michigan job, which means they're going to be looking and listening. And the person that knighted him is Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. And being a part of that culture, and you can get on the phone, talk about playing with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and all of the amazing things that he's accomplished as a player, he's going to have a duality as a coach where NBA teams are going to constantly call for him. But I believe right now as hard as at Michigan. One of his sons is on the roster. I believe another one of his sons is coming. We have the number one recruiting class in the country. And I know for a fact he would not leave without winning the national championship. Mm. All right, he man, we got to let you go. Until they bring us a national championship. We got to let you go because I know you got to go get on another one of your 25 jobs you're holding down. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jill. <laughs> I see you with the soul glow in there too, J-Rose. Hairline always looking crisp, baby. I, this my end of, this my I'm on my Al B. Sure, dog. This my Al, I'm in effect mode. You better stay out the sun then if you're gonna be Al B. Sure, because you're getting darker. <laughs> Take care. That's Jalen Rose. A couple things I would mention that Jalen didn't mention, just from the outside looking in, as a as a college basketball fan. One of the smartest things you can do, and I'll make this real quick. One of the smartest things you can do is always realize what you don't know. Yes. That's why he hired Phil Martelli. Mm -hmm. Gigantic game tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Gigantic game. Super Tuesday, Illinois, Michigan tomorrow. Absolutely gigantic game. A battle of top five teams in Ann Arbor on ESPN tomorrow. On the way is the best case scenario for the New Orleans Saints actually having their Hall of Fame all-time great quarterback not return. Our Saints Insider with the answer next. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every NFL fan base is faced with the same question every year. What is our best case scenario? My best case scenario is for the Jets to land Orlando Brown Jr. If you build it, they will come. And what is our worst case scenario? Jack Easterby continues to have all this power for whatever reason. Deshaun Watson obviously sitting out. Best worst case scenario for your favorite NFL team. It's time for best case worst case on Keyshawn J. Will and Zoom. So this is an interesting one because our first best case, worst case this morning was on the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's obviously an organization that's always looking best case after dealing with the worst case for so long. The Saints find themselves in a very interesting certain uh, situation, namely because of what's going on at the quarterback situation. Let's dig into it with Mike Triplett, ESPN Saints reporter, joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, Mike, so let's just go boom, boom, right off the top. First things first. Best case scenario for the Saints this offseason is what? 
landing their quarterback of choice. I mean, obviously Russell Wilson's name got thrown into this speculation mix. That still seems like a long shot to me since we don't know if Seattle really wants to trade him. The Saints don't pick until 28th in the draft, so their offer wouldn't be that sweet, but they have to they have to explore that avenue. Uh, more realistic, though, is probably just bringing back Jameis Winston in free agency to compete with Taysom Hill. Uh, they liked Winston, they liked Hill, and, and you know, they want to have those two cracks at it, I think. Okay, so what's the worst-case scenario this offseason for the team here? Well, we've never seen the salary cap actually hurt the Saints. Um, every year, people look at their salary cap and wonder how they're going to do it, and then they move money around and, and they do it. Uh, but they always count it on the cap going up, not going down by $30 million or so. So as of today, they're projected to be about 65 to $70 million over the cap. A lot of ways they can do that. But they're going to have to make some sacrifices, which, which might include releasing key players or certainly not being able to re-sign all of their top free agents. What's the latest and expected decision on Drew Brees? I know he's floating around out there, not giving real hardcore cut answers. Yeah, I I still think he is expected to retire, planning to retire. He reduced his salary to the league minimum as sort of a bookkeeping thing that backed up everything else we think. But, you know, the one wild card in all of it is he chose to take this time because he wanted to really be able to search his mind and his heart and make sure it's what he really wants to do. He changed his mind last year when he was planning to retire. So that's the one thing we can't rule out, but, but all signs have so far continued to point toward him retiring. Mike, considering the way Drew Brees lost to Tampa Bay and watching them win a Super Bowl, do you think that left a bad taste in his mouth? Like, even though I know it seems like it's the right time yeah. for him to retire but don't you see that it could be one motivating factor that brings him back? Oh, I mean, without question, that that is not the game he wanted to end on. And and as bad as that game was for him too, he also, I'm sure, knows how close they were to win it. I mean, they were they were up by ready to go up by ten or fourteen points in the second half um, um, before Jared could hook fumbled on the other side of the field. Um, you know, that, that's a game they beat Tampa Bay twice last year. He knows that that was a better team and remains a better team than, than the way they finished off last season. There's no question that if he walks away, he's always going to walk away feeling like there was unfinished business. And there's no question about, it. I mean, think about how the postseason ended in 2017, how it ended in 2018, oh. how oh. it ended in 2019. And then obviously when you basically have every single passing record in, in, in the record books to go out with a game like that in your final one, if it indeed is your final one, maybe that's itching. Maybe that's, at his craw, and maybe that's why he put that video out this weekend. Only time yeah. will tell. Mike, thank you very much. All right, thank y'all. What is the ideal scenario? What is the if you could just wave for a magic the Saints? wand? Yeah, for the Saints. Okay. If you're Sean Payton, best thing. I mean, look, if Drew if Drew Brees is healthy, I bring him back for one more year. Yeah, I really let him have you. one more shot. He deserves it for a guy who's the face of the franchise. I'd rather see him be healthy. And go out on his terms. He's got to be healthy, though. Yes. Got to be healthy. Can't yeah. be messing around with barbecue ribs. <laughs> he had 11 of those, and I would say that I agree. I just, at this point, I don't know if Winston or Hill is something you can rely on. I just don't know. Well, the question is, if you bring Drew Brees back, what, what happens to Jameis Winston? That's interesting, too. What happens to the long-term plan for your team? I mean, we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, it'll be a very off, interesting offseason for the Saints. Think about how long Peyton and Brees have been attached at the hip, and now to see something different would be incredible. On the way, you think Drew Brees coming back would be a story? has nothing on this comeback story. Mm. The best of the weekend in sports will weigh in, tell you where that is. Not a place you'd expect.
after Jay has this. For all my business owners out there, when you own a business, you know this, you're the owner of everything, sales, finance, customer service. Fortunately, Indeed is uniquely qualified to help you really own hiring. Right when you sponsor a job post, Indeed's Instant Match searches through the millions of resumes in their database to deliver candidates whose resumes fit your job description immediately. Then you can save them to apply to your job right away. Indeed delivers four times more hires than other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, hold up. Before I let you go. One more thing before we let you go. We're going to get to our poll question here this morning and the final results and a couple of comments as well. If we can sneak it in, who would be better off with their quarterback retiring and why? I mean, if you just state the question in a vacuum, it seems like a crazy question. Who would be better off with their quarterback retiring? The Steelers or the Saints, two of the iconic quarterbacks both of those franchises have ever known. But age catches up to everybody except Tom Brady. So who would be better off with their quarterback retiring? We'll have the results, whether it's Big Ben or... Uh, Drew Brees, you guys have been weighing in all morning. A quick reminder, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Spend your tax return wisely. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract. On America's Best Networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune in to Straight Talk. So there is a chance that Ben is going to come back. It certainly actually looks that way. The Steelers sort of put out a statement saying that they've mended their fences and all that left is finances, although that's not some small thing. And uh, we'll see what happens with Drew Brees. But the best comeback of the weekend came from a guy in the Baltimore Orioles, which I'm not sure how many people followed this because it is spring training. By the way, spring training baseball tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So if you're Jones and Brisson baseball, flip on ESPN during the afternoon hours. The same uh, Baltimore the team the that gave 0% chance. It's right? 0.0% okay. chance to win the American League East, but there's a 100% chance you'll like this story. Sunday, um, excuse me, Sunday marked the return of a guy that I think a lot of people may not know about, but he actually had a breakout year, and his name is Trey Mancini. He plays for the Baltimore Orioles. On September 29th, 2019, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. So this is less than two years ago. He actually had stage three colon cancer. 
in March of 2020, he essentially said, all right, going to have the surgery. And he underwent the surgery and chemotherapy, eventually got cancer-free, got the A-OK to return. Yesterday, socially distant crowd, but the crowd gave him a standing ovation, people remembering this. And he singled in his first at-bat in spring, uh, spring training after coming back from stage three colon cancer. I missed the 2020 season, as you would imagine. But in 2019, he actually had a breakout season, and it was really a bright light for the Baltimore Orioles. So congratulations to him singling in his first at-bat in spring trading with the crowd giving him a standing ovation a couple of years after missing time an entire season with wow. stage three colon cancer. Unbelievable comeback for him. So best of luck the rest of the way. Again, baseball is back. Spring training action on ESPN Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon. Our poll question this morning, who would be better off with their quarterback retiring and why? Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers, Drew Brees with the Saints. There were a couple of years ago, we'd never even think about asking this question. Fellas, the last results are in. Steelers and Big Ben, according to our listeners, the KJZ Nation, who would be better off with their quarterback retiring? Pittsburgh, by a wide margin, 55.7% say the Steelers, 44.3% say the Saints. Let's weigh in a couple of comments. We'll get your comments. Chef Kev, frequent contributor Chef to the Chef show. Chef Kev. <laughs> Breeze has three years left, if healthy, which would take him to 44. William, both of them should retire, but offensively the Saints can replace Drew better than the Steelers can replace Ben. And KD, I don't know if it's that KD, you never know. Uh, both should retire. In the last couple of years, neither QB has been able to play a full Season. Maybe it think? is KD, but it's the other KD with the, oh, the other. Oh, the burner account. The other it's K the burner account wing. No, no, no. There's another KD. <laughs> yeah, I didn't There's say a rapper. burner account. That's There's a rapper KD who proved to be the real KD. It's a long story. Yeah, gotcha. if it was KD, KD, he wouldn't have told us it was. <laughs> yeah, but leave KD alone, man. That was just a mishap by his people. He'll be okay. All right, so Breeze, three years left. How about that? Yeah, I think Chef Kev is, is drinking some wine as he's cooking because <laughs> gotcha. Breeze ain't got three years left. I Not at all. I think both guys probably have one year left. But I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, look, I, I want to see both guys succeed. There are a lot of things obviously went wrong last year for the Steelers' key and obviously for Drew Brees too. But I just think complete package-wise, the Saints are so close to being yeah. right there. Yeah, the Saints Saints are a better football team when they're healthy. I mean, you know, they Michael Thomas and Kamara and, and, and Drew Brees and Cook the tight end. So when you start to think about Emmanuel Sanders and the defense and – they're a better football yeah. team. Big Steve. Ben is coming back for the farewell tour. Drew Brees has come back to win the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh has the 24th overall pick in this draft. I know what we've seen out of Mason Rudolph. I know what we've seen out of Duck Hodges. Um, you're always looking to add a quarterback there. The Steelers man, they got wants, Dwayne Haskins, man. And Dwayne Haskins on man. a futures deal. At 24, if somebody's there, and this is a quarterback-rich draft, we've seen guys fall to about that number before. Would you pull the trigger if you're Pittsburgh? It depends on how I feel about Dwayne Haskins. I already know what them other dudes are. I saw them last year without Big Ben in 2019. That would be two years ago. But yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we, the season just ended. That's why I said <laughs> last year. But I know what that is. I need to see Dwayne Haskins. I need to. I need to really get a strong look at him in the preseason, off season. Really get a strong look at him. See where he's at mentally. That that could be something good for him. If he's together mentally, he might be okay. Take me inside the mind of an athlete, though. When Drew Brees posts that video, it's the real question, obviously. It's not that he posted it, but he put it out there publicly. If you had a bad game, your last game, you know, is, there, is, or a, is it one of those things where it's like, is that enough to fuel you to come back? It all depends on what you're chasing. 
right? I, I left I left five years on the table. But you got football. a chip. He got a chip. It's there. Yeah, I, just, I left five years, Jay. I just was like, I'm done with it. I'm tired of sitting in meeting rooms, listening to the coaches lie to me. I'm just, I'm over with it. Yeah, but it, I, I hear what you're saying, Noki, but it just, it feels like the way Drew Brees had the exit, he wasn't the best version of himself. Now, granted, injuries yeah, can accumulate just... throughout the course of a season, but if I'm Drew Brees, I'm saying to say, man, the last couple of years, damn. Yeah. It, lost, like, I don't want to end it like that. Let me chase after one more yeah, again, as my get, friend They say. can get it if everything aligns correctly. They can get it. It's just everybody's circumstances and how they feel about something is a little bit different. Jerome Bettis won the Super Bowl, went out on top. John Elway won the Super Bowl, went out on top. Tom Brady could go out on top because he won. If he decided to wake up tomorrow, I'm out. He could do it, or he can run it back again. It just all depends on how you feel. How do you determine whether you're Drew Brees on when you make the decision, considering you said the draft is less than two months away, free agency is a little more than a couple weeks away? I mean, when do you need to let your team know that? You need to, the, the, you're in constant communication with Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. You're in constant communication with Sean Payton. As Sean said, he missed Drew barely in Cabo when they were here in Cabo. Remember, he was like, oh, Which I means that it. they actually connected. Which probably means <laughs> they actually connected. So... In the end, you just want to communicate and you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page, unlike the Houston Texans. How do you handle Jameis Winston, though? No, if, you, if Drew Brees wants to come back, you just still sign him? Yeah, absolutely. You, you give him some money, you give him a one-year deal or whatever the case is, or a two-year deal, and you say, hey, Drew's going to come back and run it back, and we want you to compete for the second spot. But And then after Drew retires, we want you to compete long-term and most likely – a guy like Jameis Winston will not have as many suitors out there because he didn't play. And a lot yeah. of people' last memory is 30 interceptions, 30 interceptions, a number of different fumbles and turnovers, and then they can't get out of his, uh, uh, get out of their mind some of his personal off the field issues. So they're gonna be kind of soured on that. So he's in a great space in New Orleans. If I'm him, I'm not trying to go anywhere. Mm. I'm sitting tight. Into Drew Brees leaves. I do kind of like Chef Ken. Did you just he, scream crab he, uh, cakes? What did you do? Because, what happened? Uh, yeah, what I think did he, he, I think he screamed ear? one minute, maybe. Oh, one minute. Chef Kev chiming cakes. in again, just pushing <laughs> Keith's buttons. Like... Now that's the Judah. No, no, no. <laughs> He's hungry, uh, man. <laughs> <the> Chef Kev <laughs> no. pushing Keith's buttons again, weighing in. Brees might need a change of scenery. And this dude's a burner account, man. I'm not listening to him. <laughs> to where are he is all the where? pieces right there in where New Orleans, he going Chef to, Kev. To, to go work in television? Kev, stop trying to recruit people to Chicago. That's what Kev's trying to do. He, no, he's trolling us. That's the, ain't that what y'all call it on social media? Trolling Indeed. Or yes. Yes, yeah. he's pushing your buttons, man. I think he's succeeding, to be honest with you. <laughs> I love when Key gets mad. Key getting mad is great. Yeah, because they stupid. See, here we go. Here it happens. just say things. That's what you do, Chef Kev. Just Don't turn him up. I was reading something a minute ago. The dude talking about you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, man, what are you talking? That's not even what Jay said. <laughs> Just idiots sometimes. Tell him why you're mad, son. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow. <laughs>